Around the year 2000 or so, I went over to Rome with some college students. And one of the things that we did was we climbed up all the way to the top of St. Peter's. All the way to the top of St. Peter's. So think of the dome, and then there's a little pinnacle above the dome, if you will. It's attached, but above the dome, if you will. And if there's a walkway that you can walk all the way around it, and you can see beautiful, a beautiful vista of Rome. And interestingly enough, these two college students were with me, and all of a sudden, on the other side of the dome, <laughs> we heard this familiar voice. It's like, what? We heard this familiar voice. So we went on that little walkway all the way around to the familiar voice, and lo and behold, there was a student from the same college who was studying abroad in Florence that semester, and voila, we were all there atop the dome in the little pinnacle of St. Peter's Basilica at the same time, on the same date, and on the same year. It's like the abominable snowman and the Loch Ness Monster coming together at the same time. Wow. You would, might call it a coincidence. I call it a God incidence. So there were two dynamics that happened. First of all, amazement, and secondly, doubt. Wait, this can't be right. This can't be true. Yeah, it was. How amazing. But yet, at first, we doubted. Then, now remember, this is year 2000, so I don't think selfies were invented. Were they invented by the year 2000? I don't think so. So we got a picture taken of us on top of the dome at the pinnacle of St. Peter's. We couldn't go like this yet. I want to tell this story because that gets us right into the dynamic of today's gospel. The apostles saw Jesus for the very first time after he died on the cross. They heard about him, but they hadn't seen him. And you heard their response. They worshipped him. It's like, wow, you're here, and you are Lord, you are Lord. So they worshipped him. But it said they also doubted. It's just the same thing that happened in the Dome of St. Peter's. It's like, what, what, this can't really happen. This isn't true. This isn't happening right now. But it was. And as a result of that meeting that the apostles had, with Jesus, he said, okay, I have a specific mission for you. You will be my apostles. You will be my messengers to the world. You will be the first bishops of our church. And you will go out and you will call for the repentance of sins just like I did. You will bring people close to me just like I did with my father. You will baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, into the very relationship with God. And you will teach them how I taught you how to live your life so that you, they, will share eternity with me forever in heaven. This, brothers and sisters, has been what we call the mandate, the mission of the church ever since the apostles met the risen Lord. Okay, so they weren't perfect. They doubted, but those doubts were resolved certainly over time and through the gift of the Holy Spirit that Luke mentioned in the first passage from the Acts of the Apostles. They were given the Spirit who was light and truth and peace, and they were given all of the gifts that they needed 
to bring the gospel to all the nations. That's the mission and the gift to our church. It's given to the bishops, all of the priests and deacons, but it's given to all of the baptized, good people like you. All of us in our roles and responsibilities share in that same mandate. Now, did you notice when Deacon Jeff was proclaiming the gospel that he mentioned that the 11 were there? Who was missing? Judas. He had betrayed Jesus and committed suicide. That was his choice, a sad, unfortunate choice. So there was one spot that was open because we needed 12 apostles. And I'm going to say that this is metaphorical or symbolic, however you want to look at it, for the mission of the church. We always have room for one more, and then another, and then another, and then another. One more, then one more, then one more, then one more, ad infinitum, until Jesus comes again in all of his glory. There's always room for one more. And that's a good way of looking at the mission of the church. It's a good way of you looking at how you participate in that mission of the church, taking the gospel into the world and calling people to the same faith that you have right now. And sometimes it is on a one-to-one-to-one basis, as opposed to a whole great big crowd. Sometimes that happens. But a lot of times I think it's a one-to-one-to-one basis. Now, sometimes we think that this mission that Jesus gave is for people who live in far-flung areas of the world. Let's get in a plane and travel 5,000 miles, and then we'll evangelize the gospel and bring people to Jesus. Or sometimes we think that it's not for us here, but it's for them out there, whoever they are, it's for them. And, and we think that we, we have to go to extravagant places and maybe depend upon other people out there somewhere to fulfill the mandate of preaching the gospel and bringing individuals to Christ. But guess what? It doesn't work that way. It could, and it has, but it doesn't work that way. You remember the pandemic. I wish we could forget it, but we can't. You remember the pandemic. You remember the time that we did not have public masses for two weeks, for two months, rather. And, you know, we naively thought that we'll open up again in two months and everything will be pretty much like it was before. Ha, 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 ha. Boy, did we underestimate that, didn't we? And all that happened afterwards. But one of the tragic things that occurred, and you can see it, you can see it, you know this, is that some people didn't come back and some people have never come back. It could be for various reasons. They could be upset with the church for closing in the first place. They could be just generally upset about what's happened in the country. They could be disappointed with God for all this pandemic stuff that happened. It could be because of politics. It could be because of fear of the virus. There are lots and lots and lots of reasons. Or it was that it, quotation marks, proved to people 
that you really don't need the church like this parish community or the Eucharist anyway. We can get along without it because we did for two months, so what's the big deal? Lots and lots of reasons why people have not come back. Do you see where the mission is? At least to begin with, right now, today? The mission is here. It's, it's, it's in our parish. It's in our community. It's within our church and beyond. And do you know where the mission fields are? Besides right here, you know where the mission fields are? The grocery store. How about the, 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 the fields of athletic competition? Or the great halls where music is played and where dance occurs, where show choirs perform? Those are mission fields. Deacon Jeff suggested it could even be the living room of our own home. That could be a mission field as well. The mission field is wherever anyone is that you know who hasn't been here and needs an invitation to come here, to live what you know to be true, and to receive the one whom you love. Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. There's always room, always room for one more, and then another, and then another, and then another. Just like we have with the 11 who were sent out on mission. Lately, during weekday Mass, we've been reading extensively from the Acts of the Apostles, like we heard tonight, the first reading. And one of the things this year, for some reason, that really has caught my attention is the ministry of St. Paul. St. Paul is called the Apostle to the Gentiles. Without him converting to Jesus, he would have shut down the Christian church. He would have done a great job doing that. But he didn't. He believed in Jesus. And you know what he did? He took great missionary journeys himself. But oftentimes he would stay in one place for a while. And he would talk to people about Jesus. Sometimes he'd have success, sometimes he wouldn't. It could be with great crowds, or it could be from this person to that person to the next. What I'm learning from him is that sometimes it's going to be successful and sometimes it's not. But the main thing is, is that we're faithful to Jesus and the mandate that he has given to us. Sometimes we might doubt just like the apostles did. Sometimes we might doubt whether or not we can be effective or what this whole thing is about. But those doubts can be cleared up, quite frankly, when we did as the apostles did. And that is to worship like you're doing here right now. When we worship Jesus, when we worship God, that's where the presence of God is, is shown to us. That's where the, the, the energy, that's where the power, that's where the authority comes from, is in the fact that we worship Him and are encouraged and supported by God. So let's hear the mandate. It doesn't apply to somebody out there or somebody else besides me. It's all of us. 
So let's go into the world, teach the gospel, and bring people to Jesus.